Queer Relationships, an IM clinic podcast devoted to helping you, the LGBTQ plus community, create the love lives and relationships you crave. Try and set up those foundations and those pillars at the beginning, mm-hmm. setting up those boundaries because you are supposed to be two different people yeah. walking on a path together. Totally. And yeah, and and yeah, that that patience and being aware that everything is evolving. The definition for resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness, the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, elasticity. And it is my personal passion um, to bring resilience to people who are in a couple dynamic, marriage, different relationship structure, because I believe relationships are so important. As queer people, we don't get very many great examples of positive relationship. And so it's even more important when we're choosing to live resilient lives to make those visible so that other people can have hope and know that you too can have the relationship that you desire, a long lasting relationship, and one that is formed within resiliency. I want to welcome our guests and their preferred um, pseudo names, which is Rain and Red today, um, and thank them in advance for all that they will share with you in regards to forming their relationship from the very beginning so that it would have the elements of resiliency available to them and further how that can help with working through ruptures, or also working through past struggles, um, putting things into place and structures into place that allow you to have toughness and elasticity in your relationship is so important. Let's take a listen. It's it's one of those things where it's like that vulnerability happens after getting to know someone for a while because we all met as this group. Okay. Yes. And so, yes, this is really helpful. Yeah. I actually did want to talk a little bit and hear more of your background, how your origin story, mm-hmm. as it were. So right. go for it, Rain. Continue. Well, and then of course, I'm, I mean, we both know when it comes to memory, but I know Red will, Red will probably have a couple of things, but so we, we met before it's been over a year now it was about mid-march last year um we met through a mutual communication site over <laughs> something that we really love which is actually um well and not just a tv show it's, but it's the tv show specifically but we're both really big ha- fans of hannibal thomas harris's series when it comes mm-hmm. to um, yeah doc, uh, dr lecter so um f- for different reasons we both went on to this uh, like platform and we're oh. sharing things about it through different ways um and then we met and like the reason why I love bringing up that Lego is what made me fall in love with him um <laughs> other than the fact like it did it, it admittedly makes him happy when I say that. like you see this well like he gets really happy yeah. when I do it um I love and, my job. <laughs> yeah well and and because yeah like he made that comment of like like he, he you know pointed out like a lot of the times when people think of Lego they think very uh, there's a very specific image of lego builders it's usually like kids or i mean sometimes it's the people who sit in their room for 23 hours but they're the ones that build like like they build lego land and you're questioning how they have that much sanity and and so like you know someone who just likes legos you know and is older um Mm -hmm. but the reason why i like bringing it up too sometimes is because the image he portrayed to our group was very I mean, it's true. It's him, like very mature, very like not reserved. I want to say just like very like stable and set and like has, has certain rings of closeness for good reason. Mm-hmm. And so like from a far distance and from like, but the first, you know, couple layers of friendship, it's, you know, getting to know little pieces of information, but usually it's kind of stuff that like almost falls in line with the Thomas Harris niche and mm. like, you know, so hmm. it was, it was really funny. Dr. Lecter in his cage, just mouthing off. 
pretty much, um, pretty much. And, and so like the first time ever that I got exposed to this childish side of him mm. was one night when I have no idea why you had been, oh, wait, no, I do. It was, um, it was not, a, it was a couple weeks after, um, after dad. Oh yeah. And you were drinking one night and messaged me and was like, want to help me build a Lego set? And I was like, oh, okay, hold up. <laughs> Lego. <laughs> he sent me this picture of like six different sets to pick from and I helped him pick and it was this beautiful um uh it was the medieval forge one right yep, yeah. Sure. yeah yeah one of my favorite sets yeah it was the medieval forge and I was like you're gonna do that when he was like that's what I really like and so we started talking and I was like so lego and so he started sending me all these pictures and since quite a few of his lego sets are in his room I then by extension saw his room and was like right, yeah <laughs> I was like am I the first one of the friend group that's seen your room and he was like yeah. And then he just starts sending me pictures of places and like, <laughs> here's our kitchen, how it looks during the remodel. And here's the living room. Here's this, here's that. And I'm like, cool. And Aww. yeah. Behind and, the veil as it were. It, yeah. Like very much. And, and it was, it was funny because hmm. there's, there's a little joke. He tells it more than me, but it tumbling into each other. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cheesy. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I don't deny it at all. There, was there anything about our backstory that you wanted to? Hi. Well, Anna. yeah, for sure. I'm curious. I mean, how long have the two of you been together for now? Uh, it's over nine months now. Yeah, oh. we got together on. <laughs> well, <laughs> we got together on July 29th. We yes. joke that our anniversary is. Like, it, even though it's July 29th, we sometimes joke about our anniversary as August 29th because mm. it is the, um, and the, that's the anniversary of the last episode of Hannibal, uh, The Wrath of the Lamb. Fair enough. So we joke about that. Um, but like, well, also because you picked what our wedding date is going to be, and it's going to be August 29th. <laughs> I so there's I a 29 connection always. And I say that our anniversary is kind of earlier than that because piqued interest in oh. mutual exclusion <laughs> yeah so that's that's where the that's where like the july 29th is like our and like our actual anniversary because that's yeah. when we because like we've been kind of been like yeah how long were you friends before since march march okay that was march me. of 2021 2021 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was mid, it the, mid, the end of March or was it towards? No, it was like towards the middle. It was after my birthday, anyway. Because one of my first meta posts was around March 11th, and okay, yeah, mid March yeah. then. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, mid March. Um, and then it took a while to get close. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I hope I I mean this with love, but I hope you go to I mean much more on Red's side than mine. Okay, sure. Took you a little while to trust Rain. Uh, Not a matter of trust, a matter of how personal did I want to get. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Rain, do I have permission to mention the other one? Go ahead. I had an interest in someone else on the same platform, Mm -hmm. potentially romantically, Mm -hmm. and was trying very much hard to capture their attention, but they were not actually interested, and I missed red lines so miscommunication on my part and mm. not understanding Luke reigns far more interested in me personally than i thought initially and so mm. you know man brain sometimes you just need to lay it out and be very honest <laughs> and just far more direct and eventually rain was just like dumbass oh, i like you <laughs> <laughs> and, well, like, and, and, and the reason why the reason <laughs> why I wasn't so direct was because of that other person. Um, yeah, because because I had that, confessed my interest in this other person to a few select others in the group in the private more community, you know, the, where we're actually communicating as you ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, and that didn't work out. So it was. I think only two people on that platform that I really communicated with as myself mm-hmm. and rain was definitely one of those 
people because there was a maturity level that and there was a lot more compatibility mm. as far as communication and interests and that's eventually what like finally turned my head is like oh you're interested in me are you okay oh <laughs> well and and makes sense yeah well and and part of that came about like the reason why I was very like I wouldn't say vague about it because it's like when the when the topic would come up mm-hmm. I was never dishonest about it because that was one of the things when we first started talking was especially because we found out that some members of the group weren't being honest with us either and were actually mm-hmm. kind of being dishonest in pretty intentionally malicious ways and so one of the first things that we agreed on was like full honesty with each other and so for me one of my first ways of showing him that and being authentic in our honesty with each other was even when we were friends I was like just gonna let you know because it can make things weird I am attracted to you I do want more than just friends with you that being said I am well aware you're interested in this person I am not gonna go to you like that's why and it never really was like very clear and like ev- like I didn't bring up consistently like well why do you keep going when you know me like mm. it, would, it would it would only come up if it if literally it it, it was a moment that it was relevant to talk mm-hmm. about my emotions mm. red um and and I think I mean correct me if I'm wrong but I remember some of our conversations you said that you you liked that like you would have rather someone know because I remember you told me that you appreciated it I appreciated honesty and I still appreciate honesty that's we have kind of like four foundational pillars of our relationship and one of them is is communication and integrity um I would much rather know exactly how you think and how you feel in the moment or in general than try to obfuscate it Mm mm-hmm yeah. What are the- I, I think that's just like me being old, <laughs> old <laughs> older. Um, that's also probably part of it is man brain, quite literally, where it's just mm-hmm. you need to tell me because mm-hmm. I'm not going to get it otherwise. Yeah, your brain works well with directness and would yeah. rather know even if it hurts a little than have it. Kind yeah, of subtlety is not a great. Yeah. Subtlety is lost on me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an important thing to know that about yourself. What are the other pillars that y'all have? Uh, well, so one of them is, yeah, that integrity. Then we also have fidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, we have equ- uh, equity, like equality. Um, we uh, I pinned it the other day because we have four pillars and two tenements, uh, like two, two foundations. Um, awesome. And I know one of them, I forget how we phrased it because we tried to have all of them end with like Y or like the the T-Y, especially because red is in composition and linguistics. And so like there's- Mm, Fairness. That's a nice player. Yeah. One of them, I forget how we phrased it, but I feel like one of them had to do with our intimacy with each other when it it came to like, Mm -hmm. yeah, when it came to our physical intimacy because- well, yeah, I think vulnerability is one of them as well, awesome. um, which can be emotional um, intimacy, mm-hmm. can be sexual, can be, um, just the ability to say exactly what's going on and how we feel constantly. But also part of those whole foundational pillars is constant communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and this might speak to how distance kind of plays into that. For sure. We know exactly what we're doing despite the fact that we're several states apart from each other. Mm. How do you manage to do that? We text each other mm-hmm. and, and just straight up. We share um, a page in Google Docs, which has our schedules on it. Um, so we know kind of like, it's more of like a planning thing rather than a tracking thing. Totally. It's like if we want to schedule a date night, then we can look at the our shared schedule and go, oh, okay, so these are the days that you're working. These are the days you're available. These mm. are the time frames that we have mm-hmm. to kind of play with. So then, but also I've never misled Rain mm. to know exactly where I am. If I'm texting them at 6 a.m. saying I'm going to work now. We just have this thing where we, I like the accountability of saying this is exactly where I am. 
Mm-hmm. But also, I like them knowing that I've re- arrived safely at my destination. Sure. Yeah. What I'm doing next, like I'll I will text them when I'm on my lunch break, just to check in and and say hi. This is how my day is going. If I need a vent, if they need a vent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just gotten used to that kind of yeah. equitable a way of of communicating. Mm-hmm. It is it becomes natural. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So vulnerability, fidelity, equity, and then that built, that's the one, two foundation. And then what was the last one? Sorry. Integrity. Integrity. Yeah, that's right. And those are built on two, you said kind of foundational things. One's constant communication. What's the other mm-hmm. one? I don't, I, uh, I, I like almost want to search through the pins because I feel like. I think it's just our mutual interests like this platform and our interest in Hannibal and certain things about Lego. And I think it's, it's like a combination of, of our own personalities that is the other foundational platform. Nice. As long as we are ourselves with like each authenticity other. Authenticity to some degree. and Authenticity, that, that would like probably kind of shared, be a good word. Shared, shared values and interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I, I, well, I think that's really beautiful and I love the intentionality. I think mm-hmm. that is um, really awesome. Is this sort of the first relationship that you both have had where you've had that level of intentionality or is this something that you both have learned and tried to apply over time? I know for me, it's it's been trial and error for, for several years because um, you come in with the intention of being honest and vulnerable and mm-hmm. equitable. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just doesn't match. This is the first one that I've ever been in where everything just kind of clicked and fell into place mm-hmm. right at the start. And it was like, okay, if, if we can agree on these commonalities as far as our platforms and, and our foundations, then we will be fine. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's the first time I've ever had that relationship work. Hi, dear. I found it. <laughs> I had to find it. And I found I found it specifically when I was asking you for your login for uh, the Oxford English Dictionary. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. So so um, our four pillars are reciprocity, equality, honesty, and fidelity slash loyalty. And it's founded on uh, like it's founded on that intimacy and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Okay. So, yeah, I knew that there was the six. Yeah, because because there's there's the two there's the foundation like because we try to design it as a house but it's not a house that has a roof on it because we uh, like change it looking in but when it comes uh, to there's the underground foundation that you always slam under the house the, yeah the slab then there's the actual foundation of the house and then there's the four pillars around and mm-hmm. then like the yeah we leave the walls and we leave the roof off because those are subject to change. Like hmm. the specific nuances of the relationship will change as we change, but as long as they're changes that are still founded around our foundations and our pillars, then the relationship should still work. Well, mm-hmm. sort of a uns- the unspoken or unstated element of adaptability, but there's obviously that need there because you're leaving that space open. But I think something mm-hmm. that I like to talk to people about couples a lot is freedom within structure. So it sounds like the two of you have tried to kind of figure that out where it's like, these are the things that keep the shape of our relationship, the culture of our relationship alive and security. But then we also have freedom to be ourselves and to also adapt to communicate um, if needed. Is that feel right to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think part of it is just the acceptance of ch- some kind of change. Yeah. And adaptability and flexibility in the fact that we're a queer couple um, with a wide spectrum of gender identity and and other sexual interests. I mean, I identify as pansexual. Um, So it's we know that flexibility and adaptability is going to be there. But as long as one of the pillars in the foundation is Mm -hmm. um, loyalty and trustworthiness then you know infidelity there's never going to be like oh you're pansexual therefore you're attracted to every single thing that moves and like oh i'm with you 
there may be attraction because someone is attractive, but that does not mean that my eye has shifted right. and my feelings have shifted in any way, shape or form. Right. Yeah. No, right. And, and that's, that's actually something that we kind of joke about too. And then this is something that, so for me, mm-hmm. my kind of gender and transitioning journey took a while, um, mm-hmm. especially because of, and like Roy knows this because I, Red knows this, um, thinking about New Mexico always makes me think about like, just like go default back to home. But yeah, so, mm-hmm. so Red for a while actually lived in my home state. And mm-hmm. so he's aware of the kind of culture that I was born into and grew mm-hmm. up in, um, especially because literally culturally, ethnically background wise, we are different. And that is. Uh, but there's so many commonalities between us. It's almost like we were designed for each other. Oh, that's beautiful. But like, it's the, it's like commonalities in the ways of like, of co- like counteracting each other. So like, we do have a lot of things in common, but a lot of our things in common are almost like similar themes, not the we're same. eerily thing. identical. Like the fact that you and I live near the same street. Oh, I see. Like nearly a decade apart. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like little things like that yeah like mm-hmm. we ended up finding out that he lives pretty close to where where I live now um and actually mm-hmm. the last time he was in Albuquerque it uh, was back at home was in New Mexico was when I was born <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time he stepped foot in the state mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of it's a little funny thing um mm-hmm. but like when it comes to like when it comes to that whole culture, it led to a lot slower of a process of like learning and coming out and growing and stuff. And so for me, my sexuality journey came a lot before the gender one. And um, I also, like, I also identify as pansexual. And for me, when I was living more female bodied, of course, most of my partners would be happy about that because most of my partners were cis men and would be, you know, like, oh, we can, you know, we can appreciate each other together, but they would only ever want to appreciate like cis women. You know, they wouldn't even like, even if I found a trans woman attractive, they'd be like, no. And I'm like, but, and they like, so (laughs) they only wanted someone to appreciate cis women together. So like when I would talk about another person being attractive, you know, that like it would just flip their lid unless you know they were, they were involved and so one of the things that I love talking about with Red is that we were both aware of attraction like being a, a you know an attraction to someone's form or someone's personality doesn't mean you are attracted to them hmm. um, so like, you know we, we talk about plenty of people we find attractive there are days that he'll tell me about some people who came into work that are really attractive I sadly don't have as many attractive uh, customer stories because most of my work is from home. Though I'm back <laughs> at uh, I'm back at one of my in-person jobs now, part time, and so there may be more exposure to attractive customers. So who knows? <laughs> I might be it doesn't bother me in the least because we can attract, we can just appreciate mm-hmm. yeah. as it happens. Though. Yeah, I think the image I'm getting is almost kind of like two very different trees, but really similar roots. Yeah, like kind of having yeah, this sure. root system that makes sense that kind of clicks together and having very similar values, which I think can be a really important piece. I think a lot of times people talk about compatibility and like what's the perfect fit and like all that. And generally speaking, there's not. Mm-hmm. However, value fit is really important for longevity. And it seems as though you both have really kind of been learning that in this past nine to 10 months. Yeah, I think right before I went out to actually meet Rain in person, because we had been in a relationship for a while there, um, I was chatting with someone at work about why I was going to be gone for like a week. And we both agreed, and this is someone who's been married for a long time and very happy with their partner, mm-hmm. um, kind of tossed out the, the adage of opposites attract. And saying, yeah, opposites can attract and there can be a lot of passion and fire, but to keep the fire going and to really have a long-term relationship that lasts, there has to be a lot of similarities, there has to be a lot of values, especially if you're planning for a family, especially if you want Mm -hmm. an equitable marriage, there has to be common values and appreciations within each other of, there may be differences, but at least we can you know, we can build from these platforms. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. What is it that can be adaptable and changeable and what really 
can't be essentially like what are kind of the lines that you know function within that right um that's a big thing so those i am curious so because i know a part of this um particular podcast is processing through a recent rupture y'all had and also that you've repaired from from this mm-hmm. bit, what you've been learning through that i know that's a big deal is this the first big rupture you've had in your relationship so far well we've never really had well okay i i'm saying this in comparison to my previous relationships which red is well aware the one that i was in just before him was in- incredibly abusive mm. so for me our rupture that we had was next to nothing but not in nothing in our relationship right. like in our relationship it was a big big rupture mm-hmm. in my spectrum of relationships it was nothing because neither of us ended up with you know like gashes down our back or anything yeah so but red how you know which one i'm thinking of how how in detail do you want me to go about it i'll i'll give you free rant rant okay. So, um, <laughs> ring, ring. Uh, so I was thinking my prince, but I don't know. If it's well, but it's, it's funny rain and rain together. Cause the, we were just talking about interesting spellings for words the other day, like finding out that Griffin has 25 different correct spellings. What does Griffin? Oh, Griffin is spelled more than one way. And okay. now he's, he's going to ruin my life everywhere, writing up on different whiteboards, the different spellings. And I'm going to look at it because why it works. Because I'm a medievalist and the, it's just the thing I do. I ruin language. But, awesome. but so, so we, the other, it, it was a couple, it was, it was like a, about two months ago. I want to say it was. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. It the was foundation of it is miscommunication. I misunderstood rain and yeah. problematic. But yeah. I'll, I'll rain, take the reins. <laughs> well, so, so we're, and, and this is kind of something that like Red kind of hinted on, but we, and and this was something that I, I don't want to really be too bashful about because I think when it comes, especially to the queer community and relationships, um, mm. and, and we were also talking about this, like there is consent and usually it's, you know, not just what we call vanilla, you know, like queer queer couples and queer relationships and queer individuals are much more likely to be seen in the, if you're looking at that literal definition of the word, the queer sex areas, like in ESM mm. and stuff like that. So mm. we, you know, we don't just have a cookie cutter when it comes to our sexual relationship. Um, mm. we, we like play around with uh, different fantasies and different like, like toys and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. I, yes we are kinky bastards um and (laughs) you managed to make it work even through long distance like it's the weirdest thing to say but like Hmm. and and it's not like like we still sometimes direct each other like we will direct (laughs) each other or like we'll do it together and so like of course you know people might think well it's long distance so you can do it to yourselves and and well we've got we're very much engaged in the activity it's not Mm -hmm. a passive thing and and also, during. Mm-hmm. yeah and also you know when when we spent the week together in person we definitely learned the sexual compatibility is not just us using like toys on ourselves to simulate the other person it, it there is actually that sexual chemistry there but I had a very weird fantasy and I'm still going to call it weird even though I had it and like I don't and even though I'm fine with it now I'm, I'm kind of like excited to try it out but I, I am too, but it's just weird. And I don't mean this in a way that if anyone listens to like, to shame this fantasy, the only reason I say weird is because it is out of the wheelhouse for mm. me, for okay. what for is usual for me, because I grew Rising up. to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and for a little bit of backstory on it, I grew up with a very unfaithful father, like, okay. like serial, serial, mm-hmm. even it's the weirdest thing to say but even when he was single he was cheating on people he was sleeping with like it's um, it's weird as shit so that's why fidelity for us is kind of a really really important pillar sure. i had a weird fantasy one day where i was waiting for red mm-hmm. at dinner like we were having a date night and then like a stranger came up to me and wooed me but the stranger was red it was just a different it wasn't red as self. It was just it, so it was still him. 
and but his other him wooed mm-hmm. me, and so I cheated on Red with himself, literally, hmm. on on a night of like our anniversary dinner. I don't know what that. It was the weirdest fantasy. So of course I'm like, I didn't want to keep it secret. I didn't want to have this thing sitting on my head, especially because we had just had a conversation too about one of his friends and their partner had a pretty significant relationship rupture over Mm -hmm. a fantasy Mm -hmm. very similar Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I was very apprehensive to bring it up because I did not want to face that but I didn't want to hold it so I and you did preface it with I don't know if I want to tell you this and Mm -hmm. one of our things is that we don't try to hold things back from each other especially if it's something that is arousing or interesting or engaging mm-hmm. and hits the kind of kinky parts of our brain and our sexuality because sometimes those those fantasies and those those ideas are great sure yeah so so i i prefaced it i was like i had a fantasy just now we're we're open about things but i was like i i don't know how if i want to share this with you because it, i was like oh go ahead whatever you say is gonna be fine it's fine it's fine it's always mm-hmm. been fine in the past Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah well and and I think I think and this was you know this kind of led to one of our like strengths and tips we've learned of like kind of being mindful of exactly how because Mm -hmm. I admit that when I read like read through like I was trying to be not like really abrasive about it but there's one way that I phrased it that I think might have also set up the miscommunication because Mm. the way I phrased it was I'm not sure if I want to share this fantasy because it like goes against one of our Mm -hmm. pillars directly. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like condensed the fantasy just down to this fantasy is about being unfaithful versus like whole big more elements that are kind of coloring Mm -hmm. the fantasy actually. And it would probably immediately, even though you were trying to maybe not have this happen read, probably put Mm -hmm. you on guard a little bit where it's like, Mm -hmm. whoa, Wait a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So so we we had that, and one of our rules is such a weird way to say it, but like one of our rules is not going to bed like angry or confused mm-hmm. or frustrated. Like sometimes you do. We were just it's like sometimes you just have to because it's way too late and you don't have the emotional or mental or physical energy to deal with it. Yep. Then there's that mutual agreement to table mm-hmm. it. Mutual like. Um, that mutual decision to bring it up, but not let it go past 24 hours. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was kind of one of those moments where we had to not resolve it right away because like we both realized there was a miscommunication. And so that kind of helped it, like it helped it from escalating, Mm -hmm. but in that realization, and this is something that I think speaks to Red's comment earlier about maturity. Um, and I know for me, when it comes to him, I love about his maturity was hmm. we were both in a place to admit, we're just going to keep misunderstanding. If we try explaining this, if we try talking this out, if we try resolving this now, it's hmm. just going to lead to another miscommunication and another, and it's probably not going to go great. So we... Hmm decided to table it since for me I kind of understood my fantasy more the the tabling was for both of us but it was mainly for red to kind of like process yeah yeah um and then but it was also for me it was time for me to figure out a clearer way Mm -hmm. to explain the fantasy sure to him because and uh, looking at it retrospectively I'm I'm Part of it is a miscommunication that happens sometimes when we're texting each other rather than speaking to each other. Mm -hmm. So the way that we found a at once we were ready to put it on the table, we figured out right away we need to actually speak. Okay. And preferably over Skype or video something so we can actually hear each other's intonations. We can actually see each other's faces and then we could pick up on all those other communicative tools of Mm -hmm. oh oh okay you're feeling awful about it because you've been misunderstood and that misunderstanding is making me feel bad I'm feeling bad because one I misunderstood Mm -hmm. intentionality 
and I'm not actually being attacked. Our foundations are still intact. It's it's just this other, it's just a fantasy mm-hmm. and a, an interest in it. And it's not even something that we have to do because hey. I'm sure like, I know my rules for myself and I, I trust Rain to know that if we don't like it, we're not doing it. Sure. Right. Just because you share it doesn't necessarily mean it has to happen. Yeah, there's there are several fantasies that kind of interest us and we would love to maybe explore, but we also are very well aware of that fantasy and discussion and dialogue and idealization and, and all the bigger big picture stuff, if it actually came down to the reality and go, mm, no. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's off the table. I'm not going to be offended. They're not going to be offended. We're good. Yeah, and it, and it goes for mutual fantasies. There's a couple of red that he knows that I've not tried with. Well, okay, there's one, not really a fantasy because like anal is normal. <laughs> like it, it's not really a fantasy. Like it is, it is normal. But so like for me, I kind of have a horror experience where I have a lot of friends who are in medical. So, and my dad was an EMT. So I got to hear all of the lovely stories about people who are unprepared and people sure. who are stiletto yeah. heels and stuff. And And then I also have a horror story of when I, had a plug one um I had a plug in one day just because like for the fuck of it I felt like feeling cute and hmm. the person that I was sleeping with at the time I don't know why and I don't know what but decided to mess with it and cross boundaries and- yeah and accidentally pushed it in and oh. so ever since then I was essentially like no one is allowed near sure. this ever <laughs> because no, 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 decided to push the plug up me but so so like that's something that like red is in interested in trying and i'm willing to try because mm-hmm. i am well aware that it could literally just be the fact that the person that i was sleeping with had zero experience and probably a double digit alcohol content mm-hmm. <laughs> so but like there is that understanding you know like if i don't like it then we won't do it again and exactly yeah and it and- will not it won't destroy any idealization of you in my mind as the perfect mate. It's not going to destroy or take away any image. It's of not, it, if it's not your thing, it's not our thing. That's just the rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it goes for both. But, but when Red was talking about, yeah, doing the call, because that is, that was one of the things we found was, yeah. And, and that kind of goes back to being clear is because you can't tell tone through text. Yeah. Um, Sometimes what we do is like, we'll do double parentheses in our text, like with a quick tone, um, just to like, let you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A little hint of what's going on. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and that's something that I I think would be good. Um, That's honestly kind of a tip that I would have for long distance. Clarity of mind, just set the stage. And yeah. if you are distracted by something like you're at work or if you are with family or if you're in a place where, um, you know, it's I have a stoplight system for for my preferences mm-hmm. where green lights, great, yellow light mm, might be a bit of caution. It might be a situational thing where I'm just not around people that I would trust with this mm-hmm. glance at my phone and red lights, hardcore parent in the room. No, sure, <laughs> sure. sitting next to grandma don't <laughs> well and and what's great too is that i mean yeah sure like that kind of like the traffic so it's traffic light for red for me it's um i have two um i have two safe words uh that i still have my origin story for safe words is literally a safe word my mom and i created if i travel internationally as a code word to let her know i've been kidnapped but hey, most people did not come pops up, up in your mind in the moment then that works it, <laughs> and it is like it's been hard ingrained into me now for 13 years of this is what i say when i want safety um but like we've we've kind of branched that outside of just sex and i think that that is good mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. too, is like having that system because yes. there have been times that we've been getting into pretty deep conversations and mm-hmm. it's had to stop because of a pretty pretty reasonable reason like that was a pretty pretty big emergency um mm-hmm. and and so like and that was just a way of being like hey we are coming back to this but holy shit I have to handle it mm-hmm. um but yeah that's something I would say is like if it's if you're sending a message to your partner that could be read like one of six different ways yes do a tone indicator do a tone indicator mm-hmm. holy crap because 
especially if you look back at our messages because we're both snarky fucks. <laughs> there are some messages you would read and you're just like, are you two in a healthy relationship? And it's like, yes, actually we are. All of that is said with affection. And I would like, people always talk about like, I'd die for this person. I finally have now understood that that mug, I will always tease you about. Um, but <laughs> it's, as oh. <laughs> it's as big as your head. Um, but, but like, it's a it, big mug. It is. It is a big mug. <laughs> big um, okay. but like, it's, it's, you know, it is the healthiest relationship when it comes to like that tone indicator stuff, but mm-hmm. like, it, it just, it helps you know, and mm-hmm. it's very helpful, but like back to, back to what Red was talking about when it came to figuring out the tone and doing the phone call, like, yeah. I mean, from what I remember of it, and of course you can let me know if I'm assuming for you, but it was kind of awkward to start with. Like when we first started that Zoom call, we were kind of just like looking at each other for a bit and had no idea how to start the call. I was terrified. I thought we were having a breakup. It was was that bad of a miscommunication. I thought I had fucked up. And and meanwhile- And then when I finally understood what you were talking about, my face got so beat red. Because huh. I realized, oh my God, I misunderstood you entirely. And it was just an old man brain at night. Just like, oh my God, how did I misread that? <laughs> but I thought I had asked for clarity in the moment. Because I was asking for like a little bit more details and trying to eke it out of you. Uh-huh. And at one point I did ask for that clarity. And the answer I got back was more confusing. <laughs> it was like, because I'm tired. <laughs> Well, because even I was admittedly confused about it because I was trying to understand and wrap what it up. What I was asking with... you and what you were trying to communicate. And you were in a, a mental state at the moment. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was, I was. More than tired. I was. <laughs> Less uh, <yeah>. than alert. <laughs> uh, I, I was in, I was. I forget what had happened, but I was definitely not in a. It wasn't like a, I was aroused and happy that day and had a fantasy. It was like, it was a very difficult, weird day. And mm-hmm. then a fantasy where I, I mean, like literally I cheat on my best partner, but I'm cheating on my best partner with him. It's just. Mm-hmm. I know, try to communicate that in text. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's hard to explain to someone. I cheat hey, on you, but with you. I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly because then you're just like what does that mean and and so like so it it took a minute and yeah like sleeping was good but yeah that first starting this call when we looked at each other you could tell both of us because I was thinking too I was thinking that not like you had sent me a message that morning it was like I'm depressed I can't eat I can't get out of bed I don't want to do anything I just I was like I'm not I'm not moving (laughs) I'm not moving until we resolve this so I'm I'm and terrified. it was it was like an I couldn't almost like it was literally like an I couldn't and 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 not and then that- as soon as the clarity was kept you, like your whole body perked up and it's like I'm gonna get up and do the cats I'm gonna door. I'm gonna do all this and I'm like oh god I'm so well and 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 it's something that I'm I'm definitely working on in therapy now and will keep working on when I move out and we move in together and I find a therapist out there but I. You know, without going into too much detail, I have a very long history of abuse, mm. especially at the hands of like my dad and my partners. Um, mm. And like, and, and so it's, it wasn't like a, like, it was not like a guilt trip of like, I am not going to do anything until it was literally like, I was like, I, I can't think. I was like, I know we're supposed to be having this conversation, but the only thing going through my head right now is literally, I fucked up, I fucked up. Mm. I have the exact same feeling. You're both phrasing, essentially. Yeah. and Like, this isn't going to go well, right? I don't know. And then it just ended with my embarrassment because I was an idiot. (laughs) Well, I think that you both had such strong anchor points, really, that you had established Mm. even before this, you know, rupture had occurred, that it was something that allowed you to kind of be able to find your way back. Right. Because Mm -hmm. there was just so many, I mean, there's just so much um, evidence of where 
going to choose to respect one another. We're going to choose to, you know, move into our principles. You know, I'm being vulnerable, but I'm also being intimate in the sense of, you know, I think people think about, you know, intimacy and wonder. And a lot of times it is referred to only sexual, you know, Mm -hmm. encounters for people, but it's definitely more holistic than that. And even Mm -hmm. though it's a little cheesy, I still love the, the little phrase of it being into me see, right. So you're seeing into me, right. That's what's happening. And I'm allowing you to do that. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when that is vulnerable, it can be a place for people to have a pretty extensive rupture, um, because they may not have had established those anchor points ahead of time. I think it's really good, you know, evidence that it's like, okay, when we know our, we know our why behind this, then that's going to help us to navigate the how, even when we go into uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I think, I think, I mean, this is, this is fully from my perspective, but if we hadn't already had those anchor points, like, and another, and another tip that, I like describing it as no, no squares, but like if we hadn't talked about our anchors and foundations of our relationships, and if we hadn't made clear our boundaries, like when Mm -hmm. you get into a relationship with someone, it's usually great talking. Like you have fun talking about all the things that are yeses and all the things that are flowers and daisies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then that's when so many people lose boundaries. And then a relationship, instead of it being two people Mm -hmm. walking their lives together, Mm -hmm. you start getting weird blends of like this person is that person and that's when conflicts happen and Mm -hmm. so I think us having those anchors and having the Mm -hmm. absolute no's the maybes and the yeses all detailed out at the beginning of the relationship really helped because if we didn't have those foundations to go back on yeah I don't know how that conversation would have I don't know how it would have gone and it would have been really freaking sad to lose like the best relationship I've ever had over over a miscommunication right um and so so yeah it was yeah and 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 honestly like it it was helpful in a lot of ways not only did it help us to get closer together because we learned a little bit more about yeah you know like my fantasy and of course how that um how that made red feel but like it also just in general taught us a little more too about how we each respond to scenarios like that because Mm -hmm it's something to be mindful of, of course, like, yes. And, you know, me going into therapy, I can, I'm, I'm kind of abrasive about this. Sometimes your trauma is not excuse to traumatize other people Mm -hmm. like at all. I, I get like, I get that Mm -hmm. after certain years and I experienced this, I literally experienced this after a couple of years of your trauma. Yes. For a while, it is hard to keep it under wraps. Mm. Everything can remind you of it. Like it, it anything can trigger you. For but sure. to me, there comes like a, a point then at least start doing work. Like you don't need to go to therapy and be resolved the next day, but like, yeah, there comes a point for me, just for me, that you need to start working on it because you cannot live the rest of your life demanding people adjust to you because of something that you went through Mm. like yes we should adjust the world to be more differently abled because right now we have a very neurotypical ableist society Mm -hmm. that is different from like to me that is different from someone demanding that like you never have your voice go over a certain decibel because one of their partners 20 years ago yelled at them Mm -hmm. so but like for me that moment really was helpful because it it showed each of us how we do respond in significant moments like that that we should be mindful of in each other like Mm -hmm. I I learned that you know red who can normally be pretty clear-headed and be pretty like set about what he wants like yeah if if there is something that maybe causes a question in mm-hmm. and and like I've, I, I you'd probably be better at explaining it but like exactly what the I mean especially because it seems to be much more of a men thing but when you talk about sleeping with other people <laughs> men like to sleep with other people but not to be have other people slept 
slept on with them whenever <laughs> it is too early <laughs> um but <Are> you? <laughs> it, yeah it's way too early for me but so like it we know, can sleep it, around but we hate it when other people sleep with yeah. others not us yeah exactly mm-hmm. so so like it 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 you know it taught me that and it's not like to never bring it up of course but it, it just it did teach about like when this topic comes up the way it's brought up is important because it's possible that I could send, you know, very unintentionally, right. I could, I could accidentally send my partner into a, a questioning spiral of, am I enough? Because that is something we've talked about. And I know for me, you know, it's a vulnerability of, of concern because given your past relationships with other partners and other interests, um, I'm not going to, spill your beans but it there are things in your past every relationship has baggage in Mm -hmm. positive and negative ways so sometimes thinking about your past history and then thinking of mine in comparison is like i'm i haven't done that (laughs) i don't know how to do that i don't know if i want to do that and if what i'm offering is going to be enough to satisfy so there was a vulnerability already there that we've been working on and building on and improving but then that moment is like, ah, oh, shit, we're right back to square zero in my head of, oh, fuck. Okay, so this is still a thing. Mm. So it, it teaches me about where my comfort level remains is this is still a sticking point of concern that I'm not going to be enough for my partner. Therefore, mm. there's something wrong with me, which, I mean, that's a human, it's a human thing. It's a part of vulnerability in the process of relationship, right? Will I find, you know that I am not enough, right? Or will Mm. I find I'm too much? That kind of whole spectrum and trying to navigate that and move toward mature love in a place. Right, but also trusting the partner enough to tell you and reassure you and also trust what they're saying is truthful. That's right. And and then putting that out in like, okay, I have to put my hat somewhere. I'm going to put it on this hook because they've given it to me and it's anchored to the wall. Therefore it's there. That's right. And it. if it collapses and falls, that's on them, not on me, because I'm trusting them. They told me to trust them. I'm allowing myself to trust. That's right, which is vulnerable, but also it's a really cool thing to be able to have vulnerability with integrity too, right? It's building that it's, fence. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. not a wall, but it's also not the diffuse boundary that you were kind of talking about where everything gets overlapped or enmeshed or you're not really mm-hmm. sure if you're okay with what's happening. Um, yeah. But And but, I know for, for me, that moment, and we kind of had another moment in the beginning of a relationship where Brad learned a little bit about it. But the reason I don't really include, I don't count that as a rupture is because that was just a really weird moment mm-hmm. <laughs> because Red was trying to be romantic and I was in subspace. And so there was a, there was, a, he was, he was being really sweet. He was essentially mm-hmm. trying to say that compared to the person he started being interested in when him and I first met, he was incredibly happy that it was me and of course my subspace brain literally just saw the person's name and just and like, just, into an interesting so, so that's that's like this was the reason i think this was the pain moment is because it was like we were both actually like there but like mm-hmm. for for red and you know and for me but like it was something i was still aware of that was in me but because i hadn't been in a relationship for two years i was mm-hmm. like i didn't realize how strong it was sure was that my what was going through my brain red was worried the relationship was over and that he wouldn't be enough for me Mm. my worry was not necessarily that the relationship would be over but Mm. for me it was definitely like a the abuse is gonna start tomorrow oh sure moment like yeah, it was like I realized that that terrified me too because that is not my mo. Mm-hmm. I've never been that, never done that, never even conceived of possibly abusing. I'm not an abuser, so oh. but I understand that there's a history there, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be perceived as okay. Now the be- the whippings will begin. It's like mm-hmm. how do I diffuse that as right. quickly as possible for their comfort level. Yeah. And that, that was honestly what, so like, cause the, the video call after the whole miscommunication started very awkward. We mm. were it, like, we didn't know the right words, sure. um, but there was a moment 
I don't, I, I can't really remember what I did mm-hmm. exactly, but I just, I remember like being curled up in the fetal position. Mm. And that was a moment that like Brad was like, what is going through your mind right now? And I let it slip out of just like, like, I'm like, I'm expecting like a verbal or a physical lashing right now. Like I'm like, this would be a scenario where I'd either start getting called every fucking derogatory name under the sun Mm -hmm. and a couple of transphobic and homophobic comments Mm -hmm. and then followed up with either threats or literal injury and so like I kind of let that like like spiel out about like that's on my mind right now and that was what kind of helped break the iceberg to let us actually talk about the situation was Mm -hmm. because red was over here like we were both kind of on opposite sides thinking the other person is going to shift something in the relationship to make it over but when red realized that what was going through my mind wasn't that I wanted to end a relationship with him it was I was literally afraid that I had upset him so much that he was going to start beating me he was like mm-hmm. oh okay no he's like well, <laughs> no, no, no. that's not how this works like no <laughs> <laughs> so so it was kind of one of those moments where it was like oh yay good thing I still have meanwhile it. I'm over here <laughs> yes. terrified that they're gonna break up with me because I'm too fucking dumb. Oh, I see. I'm not dumb. Mm. But that's where I'm. That's where my patterns, things that we're worried about, and it sounds like I mean, it's such a corrective experience, and it is amazing the healing that can take place in relationship. It's been such a joy to hear the two of you, and also at you know this is anonymous, so no one will see you, but I'm so glad I got to see you both because it is so apparent how much love and affection and, um, just strength that has been forged in your relationship because of your intentionality. Um, there's no real time limit on that, right? You can actually build a very solid relationship and love can continue to grow even from that place when you're as intentional as the two of you have been, but I can see it in your eyes and your face. There's just such a a deep love and appreciation. And it's really, really awesome to be continually working the way that the two of you have, because I feel like that's one of the biggest passions that I have for the queer community is just having examples of queer relationships that are thriving, that are doing well, that are helping to heal one another, that are resilient, and also that are empowering, you know, one another to be even more, right? So it's not just the concept of kind of like settling or these are our struggles or our limitations. It's more like these are our assets and this is what we've learned from this. And this is how we're creative and this is how we're adaptable, but that we can also have a lot of strength and solidarity. So I really appreciate you both being willing to share and vulnerably mm-hmm. share as well with everyone so that there can be one more spark of people realizing like, oh, it is possible and that there actually are things that do work. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially long distance, especially with age, especially with gender differences and identity and expression. Is. Sure. You've had to navigate a lot of different terrains for, for sure. And I think it's really beautiful to see that, again, those terrains can bring even more strength, right? So much, I mean, much, much appreciated. And, mm-hmm. there's, uh, they, they say that when the bone breaks it, it, it it's strongest where it breaks. It sure is. You know? When so. you reset it, yeah. Attach, break, repair. Yep. Yeah, Got to so that. That's what we did, but I think it's beautiful. The the queer the queer community doesn't have a lot of and you know, largely this has to do with the very trans homophobic, queerphobic society that we have, but a lot of the times our images of couples that we see and that we get to know are not positive and healthy and they're usually pretty toxic and abusive and we do not have the time to get into the social commentary on that but I I think not just for queer couples but for any couples but especially for queer couples um like of of everything and of something that I personally hope people take away listening is like yeah try and set up those foundations and those pillars at the beginning Mm-hmm. setting up those boundaries because you are supposed to be two different people yeah. walking on a path together totally and yeah. yeah and and yeah that that patience and being aware that everything is evolving like we always want to rush and have the relationship ready and set up within the first week so that way it can just go and like that's 
that's mm-hmm. not gonna be how it is because mm-hmm. nothing's gonna be the same each week. So yeah, like the relationship will keep evolving with you. Have a lot of patience with it. Yeah. Have a lot of understanding with it. Um, and try and find try and find humor. Yeah, like, and have fun and enjoy yeah. it. Right, that's a really big thing too. It's like this is where I can actually speak directly about Lego. <laughs> you have to start from foundations first or else the whole thing's going to collapse i love it yeah, yeah no, you have to start with those first steps you can't get to the main thing you have to do the foundational work first mm-hmm. you, so, you know you, you like sure the accessories are yeah the accessories are pretty you may want to start on making all the other things right away mm-hmm. but as someone who now is getting into lego building i can yeah definitely agree that you you can't set the little pretty things up first because then <laughs> looking at everything and you're like i don't know where it goes exactly that's right i love that analogy well thank you both so much really really appreciate thank you. it yeah thanks so much for taking the time What a true delight it was to listen to the story of Red and Rain and all of the things that they have experienced this early in their relationship to form a resilient bond. Relationships are often left in the dust when it comes to the conversation around resiliency. While we may discuss how relationships can be healthy, fulfilling, and lasting, often and unfortunately, the Western take on relationships is that they have an inevitable expiration date, or that being in a relationship limits or diminishes the individual, that love is only an addiction. There are not many positive depictions of thriving relationships, let alone successful queer ones. Why is resilience a different conversation? Resilience is not just about making it through. In its very definition, it is about the speed of recovery from difficulty and the ability to bounce back, which takes intention. Making it through difficulties in life requires the practice of a fortified mind state, emotional attunement, and the cultivation of a belief system that anchors oneself through the storm. Understanding the culture you are creating within a relationship is crucial. Forming those belief systems, values, and rituals together to help build up the body of your relationship will allow it to be resilient through the troubles and foibles of life. We spend our lives training, training for how to walk, how to eat, how to dress yourself when you're really little, ways to be social, and also ways to become a professional or learn hobbies or life skills. And a lot of us don't realize that we're training for relationships as early as the time that we spent in utero and every day since. Our training begins in our earliest relationships the ones within our family of origin, initial caregivers, our first friends, and peoples within our community. We learn about whether or not relationships are trustworthy, dependable, or beneficial. These experiences shape our expectations and behaviors for the worse or the better, and both the confidences and the wounds we gain create the bridges to connection or the walls for self-protection, and we can see those replay throughout our lives. We talk about this so often on this podcast, at the clinic, and at I Am Council, and understanding that these kinds of things can happen all the more when we're queer and closeted. We often learn so early that relationship means some form of hiding oneself, masking, or having some parts loved but not all parts. The shame that if these truths are discovered, it would result in rejection or condemnation shapes us. Anytime that we had to learn to live this way and to expect to be quote unquote loved in this way created a massive shift in our ability to connect with others. And so in these ways, we have to relearn and reclaim our whole value. We need to turn walls into fences with a gate and form bridges that allow us to feel fully loved and to love others fully as well. And like we've seen with our guests today, here's the good news. You can train, you can learn, and you can adapt. You can choose a different path for your relational life or your existing relationships, a path that allows for a bond that is strengthened to endure and yet be flexible at the same time, allowing for the possibility to more easily bounce back as you go throughout life. You can co-create and design your relationship 
And like so many things in life, our chance for thriving increases in having support and community that nourishes our resiliency. Find your people, be picky, learn who in your life you can count on, be seen by, and share the pursuit of wisdom with, which will ultimately allow you to experience life in its fullest spectrum. Of course, seeking counseling or coaching can be so helpful in allowing you to retrain, renew, and clearly establish the bond or bonds that allow you to invest in a future together if you want to do that through a relationship or even within yourself. Your relationship can flourish and hold strong as you continue to invest in the elements and the ideals that will bring forth joy, abundance, health, and resilience. I want to thank our guests again today for choosing to be visible, for choosing to share in vulnerability with the world, the things that they're learning about the ways in which they can make their own relationship resilient. And that through that, they're having corrective experiences and that they're able to actually work through things. And when they have a rupture, it doesn't have to mean that the relationship is over. It doesn't have to mean that something bad is going to happen because they're able to stay anchored in what matters to them most. And through that, actually become stronger. Thank you, Red, and thank you, Rain. We wish you joy and abundance, and we also are so grateful for the resiliency that you're displaying in the world within your personal lives and within your relationship. We hope to hear from you again. As always, it's my joy to be able to create spaces where queer people can see that they too can have amazing relationships and thriving lives. It's important that we continue to create visibility for that. And the world needs you to be your full self and your fullest contribution to what it is that you are meant to offer in this space. I hope that today was encouraging for you and brought up things that maybe you haven't thought of before and might even inspire you to be able to fortify the relationships that you currently have in your life or be thinking about ways you can fortify within yourself in order to cultivate greater resiliency. It's with pride that I say I deeply care for all of you, and I am very grateful for what you are doing in the world. All the best. Queer Relationships is a podcast sponsored by I Am Clinic, a counseling practice devoted to the LGBTQ plus community with in-person and virtual counseling options available. I Am Clinic, create the love lives and relationships you crave. Find us online on Instagram at LGBTQ underscore therapy and Facebook at I Am Clinic. That's I-A-M Clinic.